Welcome to the Leadership Pathway Podcast. I'm Sean, sitting here with Dave and Kristen Miller from the LP team. Good to see you guys. Good to see you. And Kelsey Branderhorst. Hello. You said it so beautifully. That was that was oh, skill. That was skill. Good. Good job. I'm so proud of myself. All right, Kelsey. You are at a church called Eastern Hills Church, serving as an associate of everything. You serve on the teaching team, the student team, but you're from Rockland, California. I am. You know, cute little towns, right? You claim California, and then everyone's like, oh, cool, Disneyland and like Los Angeles. And I'm like, you no, must be liberal. No, we're going to leave that out of this podcast. <laughs> that's for another day. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, it's a cute crazy. little town. It's cute. It works. Awesome. How long you been in, how long you been in Denver? Three years now. Just over. Feels like a lot longer when you join and then a year in, you're like, hey, now you have to learn how to do all your job from home. Good luck. Oh, yeah. So feels feels like I've been here forever, but wow, it's been good. Okay, well, so this is session two of a set of a little series, mini series of short sessions. Today we're talking about calling. This is something, as we talk to churches, as we talk to candidates, it comes up a lot. I, I mean, I've heard everything personally from, I, I mean, I'll never forget the one youth pastor told me like, well, the best way to know if a kid's called is if you have them try everything else but ministry. He was an astronaut. Yeah. He was a I'm, chemist. I'm like, that's a really long way to find out if you're called to do something. He's 67 years old, and now he wants to be a youth pastor. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I mean, this is a this is a very broad topic. I'm sure we could talk a lot about it, but I just want to, I'm, I'm curious, first of all, to hear your story. If you can tell us like in a few minutes how you decided to do full-time ministry. Um, and then like, as you think about calling, how, how did that, how did that show up in your life? Like what, what was that? Tell us a little bit about what that journey was like. Yeah. Uh, calling is absolutely one of those words that we throw around at church all the time. Like all the time, we just throw it around and we're like, I hope you know what this means. But really truthfully, calling is this picture of God inviting you to something bigger than yourself. And for a lot of us, it's full-time church world. Um, but I think anything can be a calling when it comes to the church world that one gets a little stickier. So growing up, I was not planning on working at a church. I was going to first be a doctor. Then I realized there's like throw up involved sometimes. Well, what kind of doctor? Throw up was the thing. That was it. That was it. That was it. the thing. I what, what kind of doctor, It didn't though? matter if there was a risk of throw up, I'm out. So decided against that. I bet toe doctors. Are there such a thing as a toe doctor? I, I bet they don't so, have yes. to deal with throw up. I think it's part of podiatry. Okay, go right? ahead. Isn't that, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, then I was going to be a teacher because I loved math, and I was going to teach math, and I loved history, so I was going to teach history. And both of my parents were teachers at the time. Then I was going to be a therapist because my dad was a therapist, and I liked listening to people's stories, and I was like, this is fun. And then I went to a summer camp where most people get called. I'm pretty sure this is how this works. Uh, I went to a summer camp with my youth group, and really truthfully was not planning on being called into anything other than hanging out with high school students. And God was like, hey, your story, where you've been, what you've walked through, I'm going to use that for something else. And so it became very clear. And I had no idea at the time, like just bare minimum, like just go into ministry. And I was like, okay, cool. Wait, wait, wait. So what do you mean it became clear? 
Yes. If you were like a campfire tonight, you'd get all the weebie-jeebies <laughs> in your stomach. Uh, honestly, this is going to sound super weird, and except for people that have had this moment. And so it's hard to describe, but uh, they were at the end of the night doing a calling where they were like, hey, if you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, stand up. And I was like, cool, I've known Jesus my whole life. I don't need to stand up for this one. Then they were like, and if you want to realign your life with Jesus, you've said yes, but maybe you haven't been living it. Like, stand up. And I was like, now nah, I've got it. I'm doing That's great. Cool, see, but, but those are the cool kids. Those are the cool kids. Yeah, That's where. 80% of the of camp stands up and they're like, yes, I recommit and I'm going to do it next year. Yeah. Uh, then this camp in particular, they do one at the end that they say, if you feel like God is inviting you into full-time vocational ministry, that was their phrase. And that has stuck with me since I was like, oh, good for all of you. That sounds great. And I like look down and I'm standing and I'm like, hmm. well, crap, like, <laughs> I guess wow. this is it. Um, and I really, I had no clue. Um, that I was even standing until I looked down and it just became clear that like where I'd been had kind of led me to this moment. And again, it wasn't clear in the, I know where I'm headed next. Um, I knew in my head what I was going to do. And then it became very clear that it wasn't what I was going to do. Uh, and so I, I stepped into that world a little bit, started volunteering a little bit more at my church, trying some things out. And then I made a compromise with God. I said, okay, I'm in. But I have three rules. One, I don't want to have to drive in trafficy areas, so don't bring me to Southern California. Just so everyone knows, that's where I ended up. Oh, yes, exactly. So that worked well. Two, um, I we're back to this throw up thing. This is going to be a theme of the podcast. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no throw up because I don't do that. So no like student camps, no student weird games. Like I'm out. Like I'm out for that. And then three, I don't want to teach. Like that is absolutely. I will write curriculum. Oh. I will. I will do the one on ones right because I wanted to be a counselor. So I'll hang out with students. I'll train leaders. Uh, and so those were my things that I was like, if, as long as those three can happen, and it became very clear that sometimes my version of calling and God's version of calling don't always line up. But he he baby stepped me there. He said, yes, you're in. And I said, OK, fine. And then he baby stepped me into something bigger. And I think that's one of the things we misunderstand. Calling isn't a moment. It's It's a path. It's a journey. It's growing in your understanding. And so and then having people along the way kind of walk with you. For those of you that hadn't figured this out, I am now a preaching pastor. That is my main job. In a big job. room, big <laughs> screens and lots of cameras. Lots of LED walls. Lots and of lots, Yes. And it, it's awesome. Um, I wouldn't, I, the moment I got on stage the first time, I knew this is what I'm going to do for a long time in my life. So it's, it, God builds calling um, into you and he, he does it in a way that he's going to help you kind of walk along in it. It's not just like a baton that's handed to you and then you have to know it all. No, you're going to learn it. You're going to, mm. you're going to try it. That's so. good. Okay. So you talked about how you had a few people like God uses that on that journey, uses some people to speak into you. Mm -hmm. Now you're, you're in a role where you're not only doing those things, you have a resident that you're working with regularly. You work with a lot of young people. How has your journey shaped what you want for the next generation? Mm, yeah. Um, one of the big ones is when I started an internship as a student back in the day, uh, they laid out the internship for me, my mentor did, and he said, you're going to do all these things. And I said, no. And he said, too bad. Uh, and There's I tried a lot of that them. Yeah. I like that. That's good. I, I'm very stubborn, very stubborn. And I know what I want. And it's never what I end up getting. I should stop making commitments like that. <laughs> um, but he he was the one that forced me to get on a stage for the first time and teach to a room of 60 middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. And that like it, it was the aha moment of, oh, 
I am built for this. Like this is the closest I've ever felt to what God wants me to be doing. And so like that has translated into how I lead. I want to put students in positions where they're going to try something they've never tried before. I'm going to put my resident in positions that she's going to be uncomfortable and she's going to be frustrated because she doesn't want to do the stage thing. But you don't know. Like you don't know what God has wired you for, what God has equipped you for. I have no doubt she's she's going to teach next semester. I have no doubt she's going to discover she likes this more than she thought she did. Um, and so for me, it's creating space for people to try and creating space for people to fail. Um, because I know some of my biggest moments of learning were moments where I had no idea if I could succeed. Uh, and even if I did, the failure wasn't the point. It was that I didn't know and I had to rely on God. And so throughout my journey, really, it's been like three areas of I want to put students in this space where, one, they have to know God's word and know God's heart. Um, two, they have to be surrounded by people who love God more than they love them and are willing to have hard conversations with them. And then three, where how can we put them in positions where they have to rely on God, not their own gifting or their under, own understanding of the world? And so creating that space, going on mission trips to Northern Ireland. They speak English, but maybe it's not the same as what you thought it was mm -hmm. going to be. Or jumping on a stage that maybe you didn't know you were ready for. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I love I love doing that with students, with interns, with residents. It's been great. Can can you define like maybe just the difference between that process, that progression? of training someone, giving them that space to learn, to fail forward versus saying, okay, uh, next month I'm going to task you with this and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. What, what's that defining difference? Um, yeah. Sometimes it is, hey, good luck. Have fun. Um, because we need to fill a spot in a role somewhere in the building. But um, most of the time it's baby steps, right? For me, it was baby steps. I'm going to I'm gonna try it. I'm also going to talk you through it. I'm going to warn you ahead of time. Um, I'm going to give you on-ramp. So even like I have four interns right now who are high school students and, and I, I say, hey, you're going to do a month of hosting. And then after you host, you're going to come back and you're going to tell me what worked and what didn't work. And we have a feedback doc that helps them figure that out. And I don't jump on stage when they're failing. Like I let them do what they need to do. Um, and then the next month, instead of hosting that, they're going to run our Sunday morning program, which has more responsibility. And I'm going to sit in the sound booth instead of sitting in the audience so that they are further removed from me. Then the second semester they teach and they do a run through uh, beforehand with all the other residents and they learn how to take feedback. And so it's not task as much as, hey, how can I sit with you? Now, how can I let you step up mm -hmm. and pull myself back? And then how can I give you the keys, uh, not to the kingdom because they're not ready for that, but how can I give you the keys to try that next yeah. stage? So mm -hmm. it's, it's baby stepping. Um, they don't think it's baby stepping. They think it's crazy that they're allowed to host uh, some of our services. And I'm like, no, nah, you got this. You, you're more equipped than you think. Uh, and then little trainings and tweakings along the way. And part of the fun part is they do it together. So they're feeding off of one another. They're learning from one another. They're, we're having week, um, biweekly conversations together where they're learning and growing alongside one another. That all sounds, it sounds so commonsensical, if that's a word. I don't think it is. But that takes intentionality. And that's harder to do than just doing it yourself. It is. Every time. It is. So good for you. way more fun. Is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Great. I, I will take a program that's caliber level B if it means we're having more people involved. Mm -hmm. That's good. So. That's great. Kelsey, thank you. Thanks mm -hmm. for being here with us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs>